Alrighty, so welcome back to my podcast, Alternative Thinking with Joe, and this is podcast number three, and today we are going to be talking about mental health and the outdoors and the positive effects it can have on yourselves and a hell of a whole host of a load of other different things, and today I have a a special guest with me, uh, Dr. Lee Dixon, who is absolutely awesome. Um, So yeah, Dr. Lee, let's... uh, Dr. Lee Dixon... Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I would. Um, yes, I'm Dr. Lee Dixon. I'm an urban ecologist, which is someone who studies how living organisms um, interact with the urban environment, mm-hmm. um, such as you know birds and insects, things like that, wildlife. Um, and also a ornithologist, which is someone who studies birds. And I'm just at the moment starting to become a entomologist as well which is someone who studies insects um, and I'm very interested in mental health and well-being. Fantastic, fantastic. That sounds really... Uh, there's a lot of long words there that I, I quite frankly don't understand, um, but that sounds really, really interesting, Mr. Dixon. So, let's get started. Can you please tell me um, a little bit about more how maybe some of your um experiences i know you certainly put on your post on on, on facebook how you were going to talk about one of your experiences um during um your me- your own mental health i, I don't want to say battles because it's the it's wrong wording but maybe i don't even want to use the word surviving i want to use the word experience because i think linguistics is extremely important when talking about mental health so talk to me about one of your um experiences mr lee Dixon. yes um well i developed, if that's the right word, a mm. anxiety disorder when I was, a, well, I wasn't even a teenager. I was about, I think I was about 11 or 12 years old. And it was related to, um, it was basically related to eating meals, substantial meals in front of other people. Okay, now how, how did this come about? How did we, how, how do you think it developed or what, um, was, the, what was the, maybe the... the at the source or how, how what do you think happened um well a lot of it i think a lot of it it was kind of a build-up of events and experiences that happened um during my childhood mm-hmm. when i was young um i've always been i'm not going to say i've always had an issue of eating mm-hmm. but I've, also, I've always had a kind of i've always felt kind of pressurized certain pressures when I've been eating meals in social settings so um well I've I've always had um not so much now but when I was little I always had a small appetite to begin with okay and um I wasn't a particularly quick eater and obviously when you're eating in social situations you know when you're at a family member's house or in a restaurant or whatever not everyone, but some people can get quite impatient if there's a slow eater at the table. Okay. So, <clears throat> and... Um, so I presume, obviously, you know, we're not going to say indirectly who, but the, I presume there was somebody that made you feel this way, which is what's brought on this situation. Yeah, there were probably, you know, a number of... Factors. A number of people who did of that. Um, you know, and I don't... No, it was. In, I don't know if it was an intentional thing. Of course, to put pressure on me. Um, but 
yeah, there was, when I was eating a meal when I was little, there was always pressure to eat, eat quickly. Okay. And to eat a lot because I'd get stupid comments from different various people, such as, um, you know, um, oh, if you don't eat that, you'll never grow into a strong man, all that kind of stuff. And, okay. Um, you'll, uh, you know, if I meet, you know, if I was eating at school or something or a friend's house and I couldn't, you know, I was only eating, I'd only eaten part of the meal, um, I'd get people saying, you know, do your mum and dad not feed you at home, that sort of stuff. Um, okay. So there was always that externalised pressure yeah. um, from the external external sources, which then created yeah, this. I always, I always have comments about my body image as well because I'm a very sort, of, still I'm a very thin person. I'd say you're an athletic build, but yeah, yeah, yeah. People, yeah, people don't nowadays don't really describe me as thin. They sort of describe me as sort of a lean kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, having a lean kind of figure. But you know, back then they, you know. People would sort of ridicule me for my body image. They'd call me, you know, like twig man or something. Or, um, you know, I've been accused of having, well, not accused, it's not the right word, but of being um, compared to someone who's had, you know, an, uh, who's anorexic, um, okay. someone who's, you know, who's experiencing a famine, a food shortage, uh, things like that. Okay. Um, so, every, you know, having years. Of that happening to you, it's um, obviously had an effect. Yeah, and admittedly, it was you know I'm a, I've always been kind of um, sort of a sensitive person, mm-hmm. um, a sensitive person, and someone who's you know takes things to heart when you know, people say these things. Um, and I remember when the anxiety disorder, the anxiety attacks, if you like. Which were part of the anxiety disorder. So the anxiety attacks came after the with the food um, related uh, problems that yeah. you're facing. Right. Well, okay. It all kind of it all came sort of worked up to a point really. A certain event, um, which I remember, which is um, <clears throat> um, I went me, my brother and my mum went on took on holiday to visit my mum's younger bro- brother, so my uncle, okay. lived in Wales at the time. <clears throat> this was 20, nearly 20 years ago now. Um, and I was, I, I remember feeling anxious beforehand uh, because... So when you say anxious, <clears throat> just so we can get a better idea for yeah. our listeners, um, you like butterflies in your stomach kind of anxious yeah. or just so that people who don't maybe have experienced anxiety attacks or anxiety related things can sort of understand a little bit more. Well, this was this was just general sort of anxiety and feeling unsettled because I was going to an unfamiliar place. Okay. I'd never been to my uncle's house before, and when he lived in Wales, um, and I, I was, I think I was feeling a bit off colour anyway, to be honest. But um, when we got there, um, so when we got there, we went for a meal. It was I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. We went to KFC. The fast food outlet. Um, we, you know, we ordered the meal. It was put in front of me. There was loads of it. Okay. And You're overfacing then, massively. Overfacing, yeah. overbearing. It was covered in grease, and it smelled. It had a horrible smell to it. Mm-hmm. And chicken does. Some chicken has that really yeah. dodgy, grimy. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. Was, this is a very poor quality yeah. chicken. Um, 
and you know it immediately it immediately made me feel sick. Okay. I started to panic because I was you know I was with my family. I was in a public setting. Um, I was panicking that I was going to be sick in front of everyone, and I started feeling um, panicky, um, very hot, sweaty, uh, dizzy, over sort of overwhelming um, nausea. Um, so I remember rushing up to the toilets, and then I was sick, I vomited, um, and then. You know, for some reason, every time after that, after that time, after that event, every time I went into a restaurant, the same thing would happen again. Okay. Regardless of what the meal was or who was there. And, uh, you know, it, that's, that's, you know, that's what happened. That's how it sort of... How it developed? Develops. That's how it gained momentum, if you like. Okay. Um, so, so it was, um, you know, it used to happen at school sometimes, okay. um, you know, eating in the canteen or whatever. Once they were sick in front of everyone. But actually sick at school? Yes. Right, okay. And uh, as you can imagine, it was very, um, very embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Of course. And I got a lot of crap about it, a lot of uh, ridicule about it. Um, you know, field trips were a nightmare. Um, you know, field trips where you had to stay overnight somewhere. Because you had to have meals. Yes, because, yeah. you know, you couldn't get out of having a meal. You had to have a meal in front of someone. So I presume this is something you'd worry about before yes. you got to the thing. Yes. Okay. Uh, so it was on your mind, it was it, like, it, I presume. These are things that I'd absolutely dread. Right, okay. Fair enough. I mean, I dread so much that, it, you know, it keep me up, it keep me awake at night. Right, okay. It'd be on my mind 24-7. Worried about how you're going to cope with that meal. Yeah. Whether you're going to be ill. Well, How are you going to feel? I knew I was going to be ill. Right, okay. It was just a matter of, you know, how I was going to do kind of um, damage control, if you like. Damage okay. limitation. Right, got you. And that's the right way to des- describe it. Um, I mean, one, one field trip I went on, um, again, the, the meal was overbearing. It was, I think it was about 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. The other people that I was with, classmates, were obviously growing teenagers so they ate everything inside everything within a couple of minutes (laughs) yeah it was me with all this food and people were standing around me drawing attention to you know everyone sort of focusing on me well it felt like everyone was focusing on me oh they were okay okay fair enough enough. you know they're making comments and stuff you know making fun and then you know inevitably that's what triggered another anxiety attack right Okay, so you've had a hell of a lot of experiences with um, negative experiences with eating and food in general. So moving on from that, how do you think interacting with the outside world or how did the outside world become connected with you and your um, negative association with eating disorders in the sense of how did it help? Well, it was was enormously beneficial because... As I said, when I was having <clears> these anxiety <throat> attacks, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get out of the situation. Mm-hmm. So that would, well, basically wouldn't be sick in front of everyone. Um, so when there wasn't, a, you know, when I couldn't get to, uh, you know, a bathroom, um, you know, to find a toilet, 
um, a dash outside of the good. So that's the best, next best thing was yes. outside. Okay, perfect. A dash outside and, you know, find the quiet place outside in the garden or, you know, if there's like trees nearby or, you know, shrubs or something. And uh, it just gave me a bit of, it was like a refuge in many ways. Okay. And um, an escape in somewhere. It gave me a bit of privacy mm-hmm. where I could, you know, if I needed to be sick or good without anyone looking. There wasn't all the issue about, you know, if you know, if they're sick in the restaurant, then people would have to come and clean it up. Okay. Honestly. So you'd feel guilty about that? You yeah, got a bit of embarrassment and shame? Well. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly, that was, that's exactly right. So I could do that outside without any, implica- uh, without any, um, if there wasn't any implications um, in doing that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I could just calm down. I could listen to the, you know, I could listen to the birds singing. And it could just calm right down. Okay. And then, you know, go back into the situation. But what, 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 what I want to say is that it came to a point where I had to take responsibility. Okay. For the situation you were in? Yes, I had to do something Perfect. to stop it. Right. To help myself. And what were them steps, if you don't mind asking? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I remember telling myself, because this was when I was in sixth form, we had some field trips going up where we had to stay overnight, and not just for one night, it was multiple nights. So this was when um, you'd gone, to, so sixth form past the 16-year-old stage yes. up to 17 this, to 18. This, this was doing A-levels, yeah. So you're becoming, you're becoming a, a man-man then, aren't you? Really? Yeah. It's, right, okay, fair enough. And I had to go on these field trips, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just one meal that I had to face, it was multiple ones, okay. like between 10 and 15, something like that. I was thinking, you know, I'm going to have to do something about this. Yeah. Because that was another thing, actually, that I should have mentioned. No, it's okay. It was making me avoid situations. Okay. So avoidance of the of situations? Yes. Like meals and stuff? Yeah. Because, <clears throat> you know, it was all right in the short term, mm. but in the long term it wasn't doing me any good. No. And it was, it was perpetuating the problem. Okay. Um, and that's... I'm just not sure we'll talk about this a bit later, but if you've got an anxiety disorder, avoidance, avoiding the situation that makes you have the anxiety attack or a panic attack is one of the worst things you can do. Okay. Because it makes it worse, I presume? Yes. Because you, you, we'll talk about this a bit more in a minute. Okay. But you don't, you don't learn how to deal with it properly. So I presume slow exposures the yes, the, yeah. the step forward, step by step. Yeah. But again, we can come back to that when we've yeah. discussed what you want to discuss next. Yeah. So I had these field trips looming. I had to do something about it. So I went to the doctor, mm-hmm. explained the problem, and um, it was it was a it was a, a woman, a female doctor, and she was very. It surprised me how understanding she was about it. Okay. Which was. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about this as well, but you know this this was probably about 15 years ago now. Back then, you know these these um, mental health disorders weren't the awareness wasn't at the same level as it was now. It was taboo from yeah, what I can remember. Taboo, yeah, because yeah. we're similar age, aren't we? So yeah. it is definitely a taboo. I certainly thought that I was the only one who had an anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. and that I was. You know, there was 
I was isolated. I felt isolated because of that. <coughs> okay. Um, so I was nervous about going to the doctors, uh, and initially I didn't want to go. But and, you know, like I said, I had to do something about. I had to take responsibility. Um, so I went to the GP, and she was very understanding. Like I said, um, I got. She put me on the list for some cognitive behavioural therapy. Mm-hmm. But because there was an enormous waiting list. That was something that wasn't going to immediately happen. Okay. It would be a period before I could start that. So she initially gave me some medication to help with the anxiety. Um, I went, I was, you know, to cut a long story short, I went on these field trips and with, you know, with the help of the medication, and the I managed actually managed pretty well. Okay. To get through, um, you know, just for the odd sort of. I think I had an anxiety attack in the first meal of each field trip. Right, okay. Then afterwards, it seemed to calm down and it was fine. Anyway, uh, I went into therapy about a year and a half later, or two years later, I think it was. That's a ridiculous waiting time. Uh, I think absolutely ridiculous waiting time, especially someone who's experiencing the kind of symptoms that you you were at the time experiencing. I'd say that's a huge time to wait for any kind of sort of mental health. Um, But anyway, sorry, continue. Um. Yeah, so I had the therapy, cognitive behavioural therapy, which was, it was very, it was, it was very difficult, very challenging, because okay. you have to face, you have to face it. Head on. Head on. Okay. And what, what things did you have to do to face it head on, if you don't mind me asking? Well, I had to do something called, I had to develop something called a fear ladder. Okay. Which is, it's basically, the therapist told me to, um, identify all the situations that uh, brought on a panic, uh, an anxiety attack, basically. Okay. And to rank them from which ones were the worst situations and which ones were more easier. Okay. And then we put each of these on the rung of this ladder, this imaginary ladder. So at the bottom, the bottom rung was the easier situation. Okay. The top rung was the hardest. Right, that's fair enough. And she said, we're going to start at the, um, on the bottom rung the easiest on you know the easiest situation the easiest set of circumstances okay and you know you're going to expose yourself to the situation and you're going to feel anxious obviously but she said a lot of what you to do is she said you're so used to running running away from it running out of the situation she said what you what I want you to do is stay in the situation mm-hmm. because the anxiety attack isn't going to last forever. Okay. So it's caused it's caused by adrenaline giving you that fight or flight response, and she said it can't last forever. The adrenaline the adrenaline can't last forever in your bloodstream. And you say it disappears. It soon dissipates, yeah. doesn't it? It decreases, <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, I mean, that, the thought of that terrified me at the time because I thought I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be able to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a terrifying thought. I would, I would imagine. Obviously, I've never been in that situation yeah. myself, but I would imagine that would be the case. So, um, I did the the first challenge, if you like, the first task, and that was it was eating a meal in McDonald's okay. with um, just my mum, and we had to do that. <laughs> we had to do that for an entire week, every day, every dinner time. Wow, that's some that's some serious exposure, isn't it? Let's be honest, yeah. it's some serious. You know, wow. The first okay. time, the first time was, whoa, it was really hard. 
because <laughs> I was fighting it all the way through. I was fighting the instinct not to not to fly, not Get up to and run. run. Yeah, <laughs> which is which was really hard. But like the therapist said, it it wore off eventually. Right. It took about it probably took about ten or fifteen minutes probably. And that's that's a long time when you're frightened. I was about to say it, it, yeah. felt, it felt like a lifetime. Yes. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And it, you know it was. We did it the next day, and it was better. It was better. Yeah. And then we did it the following day, and there was hardly any anxiety. So this is the third day, and you've got yeah. hardly any anxiety on the third day. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And it was my brain was learning not to be afraid in that situation. You're reteaching your body and your mind to work simultaneously yeah. um, and fight the situation. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. And then when we got to, got to the end of the week, it was time to move on to the next to the next one, which was more difficult. Okay. And then the same sort the same sort of thing happened, and then we worked all the way up to to the top challenge, which was what was it? It was eating with a stranger. Wow. In a like a restaurant or something. Just a random stranger. Well, the only person who could do it was the therapist herself. So oh, because it wasn't a random random stranger. Yeah, we right. couldn't get a random. Sh- Stranger to do it too, obviously couldn't just <laughs> just pick someone off the street. Excuse me, could have me all of it. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So, so, um, I did it. You know, me, me, uh, my therapist and myself went for the meal, and it was difficult. I was worried about, it, anxious about it beforehand, uh, but I did it. Well done, man. Uh, that was it, really. And then it was altogether. That took probably took about a year to do to all to do all that therapy. Okay. A lot of investment. A lot of um, time, time, yeah, money, because meals <laughs> yeah. cost money. <laughs> time and yeah. determination, and uh, you know, by then it was time to go to university. Wow. Um, and you know that that was, uh, I'd say that was a life changing. The therapy was a life changing moment because without it, a shift. Yeah, it was. It was a life changing event because without doing, we, if it hadn't done that. I'm not sure where I would be today, to be honest. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So, with that therapy and everything said, you now in a position that you feel that maybe, I'm just saying just for argument's sake, that me and you, let's say shops and stuff is open, could go for a meal and you'd be A-okay? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. perfect, that's amazing. I mean, I always get a little bit of apprehension beforehand. Okay. But that's just like butterflies. In comparison to sweats, sweats, feeling, yeah, feelings of dread, yeah, feelings of not being able to escape, quite uh, tight-chested, I presume, yeah, yeah, just well, feelings of you know, in these back years ago, when it was very severe, the anxiety disorder, it was just when I had to go on a field trip or something, it was just it was you know I experienced dread, despair because I couldn't get out of it. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't get out of the situation. Well, I could get out of it, but it'd be a detriment to my education. <clears throat> but, yeah. So, you know, the the taking responsibility was the pivotal moment, really. So your advice to anyone listening to this podcast, um, what, what would your direct advice be to take responsibility for the situation you're in, I would presume? Well, I think, first of all, first of all, you've got to speak about You've got to talk about it to someone, you know, a family member or a close friend first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get it off your chest. Acknowledge it then. Like, be become aware of it, sort of thing. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to acknowledge that you've, you know, there's a disorder. There's a you're facing challenges. 
So you've got to talk about it. Okay. Because, um, you know, just by talking about it, you know, the old saying is a problem shared is a problem halved. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's very true. Um, and then, you know, I'd say, well, the first port of call is to go and see a GP about it. Because, okay. you know, it is, is a is a nerve-wracking experience because you don't think you don't always think they're going to understand okay. what you're going through but you know generally they do they understand they have awareness about these things okay. and they can they can refer you to specialists specialists and mental health teams and stuff um and then if you if if i think how they do it nowadays is they give you i think they give you a telephone number to ring Okay. mental health team um which that didn't happen for me that I, I was so, i was automatically signed up for the waiting list yeah i had to what, wait for the yeah i think what you've got to do now is phone up explain um you know what the chat what challenges you face mm-hmm. and then they will um take it from there and you know maybe perhaps put you on the waiting list but what, what i'll say to people who you're in that situation is don't Put off phoning up, phone, making the phone call. Yeah. You know when you when you see when you see a GP, and they've told you to, um, ring the number, then make sure that you do, you know, do it immediately. Um. Because presume the longer you leave it, yeah. the more likely don't, you're not yeah. going to do it. Don't yeah. think about it because yeah, you'll put you put doubts in your mind, and you 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 know it's likely that you'll never do it. Okay. So, you know, in, in, when you go into therapy. Uh, mine was cognitive behavioural therapy there's a bit different types of therapy I think mm-hmm. um, you've got to be prepared to put the effort into to do it I presume um, I presume with and again my, the, the type of therapy that I have ongoing and I have had in the past is completely different to cognitive behaviour which I've never had um, but I would presume um, that you would have to be very very be prepared to be very very open and honest and leave no stone unturned. Would would that be your advice as well? I mean, that's certainly from my experience of not not anything like anxiety related yeah. like you've had, but from my experience, I think it, I think it's a bit different for um, cognitive behavioural therapy. Okay. Because I remember I thought on my first um, appointment or session, whatever you want to call it, I thought I'd be talking about the, you know the cause of it and what you know. Trying to get to the root of yeah, it, sort of thing. Going back, right back into the past, trying to get to the root of the problem. But the therapist said that wasn't important. Oh, wow. Okay. I've, wow. Well, I suppose, yeah, I've never had cognitive behavioural therapy, so I don't... Because, this is interesting. This is yeah, really interesting. Because it's not... It, she said it wouldn't be helpful. Okay, fair enough. What we've got to do now, she said, I remember these words, you've got to forget the past and you've got to look to the future and you've got to... You know, you've got to overcome. You've just got to take uh, actions to overcome this now. So literally, looking at the direct problem itself and go right. Yeah. Let's tackle this. Tackle it. Little. Yeah. Tackle it in the thing. present. Yeah. Not thinking about the past. Yeah. I did. I meant to, when I said a little thing there. Uh, I I did. I wasn't belittling the situation that the lead faced. I was trying oh. not to swear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because um, yeah, normally I do swear on my podcast, but I'm trying to keep this one very child and family friendly. So uh, let's continue. Yes. Um, yeah. So cognitive behavioural therapy is a bit different in that respect. Obviously, if you 
um, you know, experiencing other anxiety, uh, not necessarily anxiety, but mental health disorders like, mm-hmm. um, you know, depression and things like that. Obviously, it can help to go back into the past. Yeah, and divulge into that situation. Into it, you know, uh, if someone's you know experiencing post-traumatic stress, things like that, mm-hmm. then obviously it's very. I believe it's very helpful to go back into the past and examine mm-hmm. what might be causing that. But for me personally, that wasn't something that was necessary. Necessary. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and, so go. <laughs> you know, I agreed with her. Um, after I'd completed it, um, it would have been, you know, it wouldn't have been necessary. It wasn't necessary for me. It was to go about, down that route. Yeah. It was just about, you know, becoming comfortable again, eating in social uh, social settings, different uh, social situations, um, in order to move forward. Okay, that's perfect. What I did. Perfect. That's perfect. That's 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 and, and you know I, I want to say thank you as well. Um, we've got a lot more to talk about in this series, and we could continue talking. But at this pivotal moment, I do want to say thank you to Dr. Lily. It's in for being so open and honest about that situation because it's something that's massive, and it, I think um, mental uh, disorders, illnesses, whatever it is you want to call them, are extremely, extremely difficult to talk about, and especially on a public flat platform. Uh, like we are doing now so uh, well done for that Lee and thank you very much for being so open and honest yeah. um that's amazing um absolutely amazing so in in addition to that in the situation has um I, I presume during the course of the the therapy or or before the therapy or before you got to conscious behavior or in between you you interacted with nature at some point as well um which assisted in your recovery of um yeah fighting this this demon because that's what it is really isn't it yeah you could describe it like that it was mm-hmm. a demon something that was causing me trauma trauma and pain if you like mm-hmm. mental pain well, probably on a daily basis as well okay um yes uh, like i said escaping to nature was you know essential it was crucial certainly um getting out of the situation yeah. um when i was the anxiety attack, uh, the anxiety attacks were, you know, I was I was experiencing one in every situation, mm-hmm. eating situ- uh, social eating situation that I found myself in. Um, but obviously, when I started t- undertaking the therapy, you know, I was advised not to do that anymore. Okay. Because it was it was classified as a, something called a safety behaviour. An avoidance. Yes. So. Uh, what I'm trying to, what I guess I'm trying to ask is, before the therapy sessions or before you would go into an eating situation, would you maybe get out in nature a little bit to try yeah. and clear your head? Yeah. Um, well, what I was going to say is, as well, that even though I was told, I was advised not to uh, run into the, you know, escape into those situations. What I did do was, not, not when I was experiencing an anxiety attack, but just throughout the week. I'd make time to, um, you know, take a walk, mm-hmm. go out for a walk into the park or, um, you know, by the canal or, you know, sometimes I'd go to, you know, I'd even go to the cemetery sometimes um, where it's, you know, there's lots of trees, vegetation, you can hear the birds singing. And that was just something that kind of, um, it made me feel relaxed. Okay. It put me at ease. And... Um, 
could um, take stock of the thoughts in my head and um, yeah, it was just something that was very beneficial, it allows you to reflect on things, problems and worries and to, for me it, it helped me to find you know, the best solutions to things so that when I went back to this is relevant not just to the anxiety disorder as well this is mm-hmm. relevant to normal life you know okay. working life life in, gen- in general sort of thing yeah, yeah. It can, you, you can get um take stock of your thoughts it helps you reflect um there's a lot of um there's a lot of research that's taken place which which is indicated that exposing yourself to nature interacting with it mm-hmm. Um, you know, by, you know, simply walking through it or watching the birds or listening to bird song. Um, it, it allows us to recover from um, mental fatigue, which is when we're, um, you know, when we're at work and we're concentrating on the things that we need to do, um, we can get stressed out about it, we can get exhausted by it and that's caused uh, mental fatigue. Okay. Okay. And that's sure. that can lead to um, and that can lead to anxiety in itself, stress, sleeping problems, migraines, headaches, all these kind of symptoms. So, comorbidity of illnesses. Yes. Uh, and health conditions and health illnesses. Yeah. So I, pre- I, I I presume as well. Sorry, sorry for interrupting then, but that's I right. presume as well that um, what we're what what Lee I presume is trying to say as well here is that. When you get out in nature, I know for me especially, you are become back to the present moment. So your mind isn't in the past; it's not in the future, you, which which what which is what anxiety is. You know, worrying about the future. I don't know whether you'd agree with me on that or not, Lee. Yes, I would. Um, but worrying about the future and future events and what's going to happen in the future, um, or depression is created and caused, I believe as well, um, by the past events. Which I don't know whether you'd agree with me on that as well, Lee. Um, and I believe that getting in nature, especially for me, brings you back to the present moment, which is helps you recover from mental f- mental fatigue, which is what you were yes. just, which in, is what you just said. Yeah. Nature has a restorative uh, capability, which means you can restore your mental uh, capabilities, if you like, back to its former level. Okay. So that when you when you go back into work or whatever after your dinner break, if you you know you might have eaten your dinner, your lunch. In a park or something. Okay. When you go back to work afterwards, you're ready to get going again. Ready for action. You're refreshed yeah. and and back up and back up and going. It um I believe as well with with the being outside interacting with nature especially. I think I believe that it. What am I trying to say here? So once you've got outside and once you're interacting with nature, I believe that it helps with weight loss. It helps with, you know. All the other comorbidity of not just mental illnesses but physical illnesses as well, like yeah. diabetes, heart disease, all them types of things. That if you are stuck and 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 this may be or may not be relevant nowadays, but I think especially with the coronavirus um, situation, I think it's it's maybe more relevant than ever with people being locked in the houses. But I think getting out more so than not um, would would assist, and I know it certainly does with me in keeping fitness levels up, yeah. keeping your mental health. In a in a good place, um, and also assisting in keeping your joints healthy and happy and 
you know, is, is there anything you'd like to say on that? Yeah, that's that exactly right. Um, there's a strong, there's a strong relationship between having access to nature, so like a, a park or something or playing fields, and physical activity, physical exercise. Mm-hmm. So that means that if you live, uh, if you live, if there's a park nearby, you know, near your workplace or your home, you're more likely to exercise uh, within it or around it. And, um, you know, it's, it's well established that physical activity reduces the risk of obesity. Okay. Um, type 2 diabetes, anxiety and depression. Um, and these things are called, these conditions mm-hmm. are referred to in science as lifestyle illnesses, which means, uh, which means that, um, which are predominantly caused by inactive and sedentary lifestyles. So I presume, um, that technology has a massive part to play in that. Yes. Okay. Because if you think about it these days, everything is made convenient for us. Bang on. Yeah. I would, I would agree with you on that. We all have smartphones. Mm-hmm. We all have computers, iPads, laptops, 24 hours, Watch. <laughs> 24 hour access to the internet. And these things are full of a multitude of apps that you can do practically everything with shopping, online shopping, food shopping, clothes shopping, clothes shopping, banking. But yeah, you don't even need to go to the bank. I remember back back in the day when I was when I was a kid, teenager. You know, I, I used to go oh, with cash. I can't even remember the last time I held a twenty pound note or ten pound note. But I remember, you know, I'd go and actually put cash in the bank. Um, I'd have to go and use yeah. my bank card in the bank. I think that's a very rare thing nowadays when you can just open an app on your phone and flip between yeah. flip between the you know banks and stuff well, even for food shopping i mean years ago certainly when you know my mum was growing up when my grandma was uh, growing up they had to go obviously they had to go out for food but they had to go to various different shops not just the one one yeah. place that does everything yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> they had to go to you know greengrocers butchers bakers and obviously it, was, it must have been quite a strenuous task that, you know, was maybe a good source of exercise, maybe. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. And obviously later the supermarkets established themselves where everything was under one roof, making things more convenient. And now we can do it online. And that's the problem. And I think, I think in addition, what, what, what I'd maybe like to add to that is a lot of the food nowadays is not as healthy. Yes. Um, because I feel personally, um, meat as well as veggie stuff, whatever, it's full of, I'm trying not to swear, so I'm going to say the word rubbish. It's yeah. full of rubbish, you know, yeah. it, it, it is. It's full of um, additives, it's full of, it's very fatty, mm-hmm. oily, it's, you know, it's, they've got, um, it's really bad for cholesterol and all these things. Um you know, the convenience of everything, the fatty foods, um, it, it means that we increasingly lead inactive lifestyles. More unhealthy lifestyles. Yeah. So obviously you can, you can order something um, from, from the shop, it gets delivered to your door, you don't need to leave your house. Yeah. You open your door, 
it gets delivered. You put it in your fridge and you eat it. Yeah. Couple that with not getting outside and exercising, depression, anxiety disorders, and enormous amounts, enormous amounts of screen time, and you've got a very unhealthy, unnatural human being. Yeah. You've got... Yeah. You've got... Um, there's more and more incidences of obesity being reported. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly in this country. I mean, we've got some figures here relating to obesity. Okay. So let's have a look at these figures and see this see is, where we're up to. Yeah, this is cool. So where's where's this where are these figures from? If you don't mind me, this just is from the Health Survey for England. Okay. Yeah, which took place in twenty seventeen. Okay. Um, conducted by the NH- NHS. Okay. Um, so the, the maybe a little bit more higher than what you're just about to read in twenty twenty one. Yeah, well, um, I, I believe this is the, the the most recent um survey that we've done. Oh wow. Okay, fair enough. I mean, it may it may have been updated since then, but I, I don't. Not sure. You couldn't find any sort yeah. of article. Okay, fair. And it, it found that 40% and 31% of men and women in England at the moment are classified as overweight. And more concerningly, 27% and 30% of men and women are, respectively, are classified as being obese. Wow. For, what, what was that percentage again? 37% did you just say? 27% of men and 30% of women. Wow, okay. are classified as being physically, like, obese. Yes, obese. Wow, okay. And these, there isn't any figures here of how many people are morbidly obese, which is, I believe, has also dramatically increased in recent years. And what's worrying as well is that there's more and more cases of obesity in children as well nowadays. So, yeah, I mean... And that's understandable as well, especially with the with the coronavirus lockdown. You know, you're locked in your house. You, you're only allowed to do exercise once a week. I, I don't know if that's the case at this present moment, but I know it certainly was for a very long period of time. You know, um, and I, I know from being a parent myself, um, because I'm guilty of it myself, it's very, very easy to say to your child, there's an iPad, um, go away over there for an hour and, and just, just chill out on the settee. Um, but, you know, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's that is a shocking. Um, I mean, my children aren't overweight. Let me just put that out there because we do do lots of exercise. But if if families are doing that on a regular basis and it becomes a an ingrained habit, um, I believe personally that yeah, these these are the reason these figures are how they are. Yeah, and from a, you know from a child's perspective, you know, computer games and video games nowadays they're so immersive now. Yeah. They're so you can lose yourself in them. Yeah, whereas, I mean, when we were children, it was the uh, uh, Nintendo 64. You know, it was, it was a cartridge you blew out and you're stuck in, the, stuck in the thing and you had to make sure the wires were connected. And, yeah, and you know, it was completely different. And games, you know, games probably took about an hour, two hours to complete. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I remember um, when I was young, um, I think it was just, this was in the mid-90s, um, I got Sonic 3D. Uh, it came out, got it for Christmas. For the Sega Mega Drive, and um, it, <laughs> I was determined to complete this game. And I, 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 this particular occasion, I think I played on it for probably six, seven hours straight. Yeah. Because I was determined to complete it. Of course. But by the end of it, <laughs> an raging headache, migraine, particularly <laughs> yeah. migraine, and terrible eye strain. Um, so, and you know, because I was so determined. To complete you it. didn't leave the computer. I didn't leave the computer. Yeah. I was staring at the screen for seven hours straight. Bladder's filling up. You need yeah. a poo. You need something to drink and eat. But you're not leaving it because 
that's that's what kids do. You know, they stay, they stay, they stay. Yeah, now you put the, you know, children can play games for hours, 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 days, hours. Weeks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know, I know. Also, um, the computer, you know, talk about technology. And I'm, I don't want to demonize technology because no. I think it's an amazing thing that we can. You know, I, I'm recording this on my mobile phone with with Doctor Lee Dixon. You know, we can this podcast itself. Um, we can we can order food from it. We can do this that, and the other. But I think the danger of them is while they can interrupt your sleep. I don't know whether you've ever done it before, Lee, but you know, I've been on my phone, um, and before I know it, it's three o'clock in the morning, and I'm like. Wow, I've got to get up for work in three, four hours. You know, you go to sleep, you wake up, you feel rubbish. You know, or or you, it's just they're just such an addictive thing yeah. um, that I think it is. I, th- I think it's so important, and I think that you know part of this, the reason we're doing this podcast as well is not only to bring um, attention to anxiety uh, disorders and mental health disorders, and and say that it's okay if you're experiencing something like that, and it's okay to take responsibility and deal with it. Um, which is a must, but also to say that, um, okay, um, is also to say that, where was I going with this? Sorry, my mind's gone blank. Um, is also to say that I think we need to be disciplined um, with the yeah. um, with the technology and get out in nature more because yes. that clears your head completely. Yeah, everything that we've spoken about for the last you know 20 minutes or so all the, the all the advancements in technology smartphones computer games convenience it um it keeps us inside and away from nature yeah yeah which is has a detrimental impact on our health on our health yeah a massive 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 impact on our health um and in in you know and again this is why people are getting you know they're getting they, they're getting depressed i mean have you any experiences that you'd like to talk about, maybe depression or anything like that, um, that you've you've had yourself, that where nature has helped out or or anything of, of that kind? Um, I've I've only kind of experienced very very mild depression. Okay. At different stages, um, in you know in my life so far, um, but I know that um, you know. For people who experience severe depression, mm-hmm. it's very debilitating. It's very incapacitating, and you know people can, you know people can be confined to the bed for days and end because they can't, they can't get themselves motivated. N- not necessarily motivated, but they can't. Um, don't they kind of lost the ability to, um, you know, function. Um how they you know how they did before they um started with the de- mm-hmm. depression mm-hmm. so i think uh, in those situations there's scientific studies that have shown that you know m- merely having um you know plants and things in your house can improve mood as well well but i presume the photosynthesis of also the, the the plant the fact that it's giving you oxygen um yeah. and, you, and you you know you it's it's clean. It's a it's a fresh, yeah. earthy, clean thing to have in your in your that's, in your environment, isn't that's it? That's very true because you know we know that uh, in the scientific community we know that vegetation, trees, shrubs, and everything mm-hmm. do actually clean the air yeah. from uh, air pollution. 
It's cars and aeroplanes yeah, and it, all that it sort of stuff. the pollutants in the foliage. Oh, wow. So, if you go into a park, for example, mm-hmm. you can be confident that you're breathing cleaner air than you would be outside the park, for example. Or, or locked inside your house. Yes, or yeah. locked inside your house. Fair and there's many different um, characteristics of plants and things, um, home plants. You know, the colour, green, it's very relaxing. It reminds us of um, nature. Um, the shape of the leaves can be very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Smell, mm-hmm. Uh, flowers and things. It can be very um, sensual, can be very relaxing. The texture of the leaves, if you touch them. You know, many, many benefits. Um, yeah, uh, yeah from these you know from plants inside the home and i think i think when we're talking about plants i think it's it's vastly important as well that we we have the if if we're going to have plants inside the home we have the effort and make the effort for me personally um of actually having real life plants at home not the for me personally i know you know we've, we've got quite a lot of a lot of plants that are downstairs um and I think it's very important to maybe have some real life ones as well. Because I know there's a lot of fake ones that are easy to look after, um, but they don't give the same benefit no. um, as what a, a real life uh, plant or a bonsai tree. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi's bonsai tree would yeah. would give you sort of thing, you know. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, you, they don't have the same characteristics as natural plants. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And I think um, going back to the uh, depression um situation that lee um, was talking about a little bit earlier i know and, and literally a couple of minutes i just want to talk about this but there was a there was a time um when i personally a good few years ago now i'd say about 10 11 12 years ago um and it, when you were saying about being stuck in your bed um where i was it was on a weekend um and i remember waking up one morning and i just felt awful um absolutely awful and i felt like I was laying in bed and I just felt like I couldn't even lift mm. the, the the duvet yeah. um, off, off me. I just felt absolutely um, terrible. And it, and it wasn't through illness. It was through I, physical illness. It was through just feeling mentally battered. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. And um, when I said motivated before, I think maybe that was the wrong terminology on my part. Um, Lee certainly was correcting what he was saying when he said, you know, you, you feel debilitated, you feel... Um, not not like you can't move. Um, but I think in that situation, from 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 my personal experience, um, maybe breaking down um, the steps, getting plants in your house, like Lee's just said, sorry, um, and breaking down the steps of, you know, actually trying to get yourself outside, um, even if it's just sitting on the front porch, even if it's just sitting with your grass in the garden, um, and a step at a time. So, you know, getting managing to get out of the bed. And maybe just walking to yeah. um, to your garden if you can, and even just lying in the garden, it, whatever it is you're doing, um, and building it up from there. Um, so yeah, is that, uh, so go. Yeah, I was just going to ask about you know the situation where mm-hmm. you were you know you felt debilitated and you couldn't get out of bed. Of course. Did you, you know, did you find a way to, um, you know, get yourself um, up out of bed and? outside or whatever to i certainly did i mean i don't think um i certainly don't think that i would be where i am today if i hadn't of um certainly in that situation itself um it was a i I was stuck i was stuck for a couple of days a couple of days and a couple of nights i'm not gonna lie you know and i think i think i had a pivotal moment where i was looking out the window 
Um, well, I don't think I know. I had a pivotal moment. I was looking out the window. I was like, right. It, it was like it. it was like a wake-up call. Joe, you've got to sort your shit out. Um, <laughs> that's the first time I've sworn on this podcast. I'm trying not to swear, but Joe, you've got to sort your shit out. And it literally was a step at a time. I got out of bed. I got my shoes on and I took myself outside. Now, at the time, I was living in a very, very small enclosed flat. There wasn't a lot of oxygen in the sense of there wasn't any indoor plants. Um, there wasn't any real nature as to where I was. Um, it wasn't the best um, time in my life, nor was it the best place to live for me personally. Um, but yeah, I did start getting myself and I started back up. I used to do a lot of running when I was younger. Um, so I actually started back up running again. Um, after, you know, I started with walking, I started getting myself back out of bed and getting myself back up and running. Um, and I literally started walking and I became, over a long period of time, I became disciplined to the point where I was up at 5am every morning and I would go for a run. Um, and it would be on the roads, but then it would get towards the where I used to live, which is Macclesfield near Sutton, Sutton area. Um, and that would be where there was trees, where there was nature, where there was a... I think it's the River Dane that lives, runs runs by there, isn't it, from what I can remember. Is it called the River Dane? Uh, not 100% certain, but I know there's certainly a river that runs by there. Um, and just even sitting by the river, I'd run to a point, sit by the river, have a couple of hours to myself and then run back. Um, and that certainly helped. Um, but it was breaking it down step by step. Yeah. Uh, that massively helped and it pulled me out of that. And when I say depression, it's such a... It, it's so, I think, um, personal to every person who's experienced it. And I think this is another per, another another very, very important thing to say. You know, it, it's, it is an experience. And it, without, with anything, um, I'm going to have to wrap this up very quickly because we have got a maximum 60-minute um, time, peeps. But I think with any type of experience we have, um, whether it be like Dr. Lee Dixon's anxiety disorder or, or, or depression or anxiety or whatever it is i think we've got to understand and realize that it is a temporary um a temporary emotion um and that that emotion can be tattled and it, and it can be won um and i think just to wrap this up that to be out in nature um really does help really does help with any type of mental um mental illnesses that that people are facing um, and physical illnesses because you know you're getting out in the nature you're getting out in the fresh air and you're getting out um, in in the experience in the world, yeah, um, which is really important. So, is there any last things that Doctor Lee Dixon would like to yeah, like well, to say? I was just about, I was just going to say that nature is almost like the ther the therapist, if you like, mm -hmm. the therapy. Um, it's it's there. You have you know it's there for us to experience. We have to make time to an effort to um, seize opportunities to. Um, to it, you know, interact with, to experience it and interact with it, um, as frequently as I can, as we can. And that's my advice. It certainly helped me in the past. Oh, it, well, it's been such a crucial help to me in the past for numerous re reasons, and um, I'm just very grateful that it's there. Yeah, I, th I think that's yeah, and I think that's, I think uh, uh, yeah, and and for me too. I think I think for me too. For my experiences, Uncle Lee's ex eh, Uncle Lee, sorry, <laughs> Doctor Lee Dixon's Doctor Lee Dixon's experiences. <laughs> my experiences. I do apologise. I do not know where that came from. But for Doctor Lee Dixon's experiences, my experiences. Um, <laughs> I think that's very, very, very crucial. So, 
<laughs> I'm gonna wrap this podcast up here. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness me! And to say thank you so much for Dr. Lee Dixon for being on um, Alternative Thinking with Joe. We will be back next week um, with or without Lee. I know Lee, you're going to be a bit more of a, a you uh, like a bit more. I know you've you've just been on today, but are you going to be um, coming on the show more often, or is it something you're planning on doing in the future? Um, yeah, certainly can um, pop on every yeah, now and again. Pop on a, a, every now and again, see what I can give my perspective, perspective and views and opinions on of the world. Um, so yeah, um, thank you very much for Dr. Lee Dixon for being on the show. Next week, I don't know what I'm going to be talking about. I've got about sixteen different topics that are um, are are available at this present moment. But <laughs> thank you so much for being on, listening to this podcast. Um, and if there is anything that you would like me or Lee or whoever else we do have on the show um, to talk about, please feel free to send me a voice message. Please feel free to email me on mw mw nine eight eight eight. 500 at gmail.com that's mw9888500 at gmail.com send me a message through there send me a message through facebook instagram twitter linkedin lee is there any um very quickly well we've got two minutes left yes what is your page called my yes i have a facebook page it's called exploring urban wildlife with dr lee dixon and there's also um a connected facebook group which is called the world of urban wildlife with uh, dr lee dixon you can find those by just typing it, typing the name of the page and the group into Google, and it should um, it should be one of the top hits that comes up. Get on it, get on them page if you're interested in nature, if you're interested in regular posts about plants, animals, if you want to talk to and listen to someone who knows what they're talking about, from mental health illnesses to getting out in nature and all them big long words that you spoke about before that I really, I'm honestly do not understand, um, then please get over to that page, hit that like button and tell us where you came from um, so we know that this, this, this podcast is actually reaching the correct people. If you've got this far in the podcast, thank you so much for listening. Over and out. <laughs>